0: Movies entertain. Entertainment leads to
1: emotions. Those emotions connect us to our enjoyment of film. And that is why we exist. To focus more on the emotional connection than the technical merit. Because every movie makes us feel something. Welcome back listeners to another episode of the Feelin' Film Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron, and here with me for another conversation about one of our favorite series, is my best friend, co-host, and always my family, Patch.
0: What's up, mi familia? Ahaha I told Kales he could have a Corona. He laughed. You know, I thought about bringing one out tonight, but I was like, yeah, I'll just stick with the tea tonight. It's good.
1: You know, same color. It's good enough. Uh, yeah, different Basically. flavor, and
0: one <laughs> is slightly better than the other, but okay, we'll go the, with that. The tea,
1: the tea is actually much better than the Corona. Sorry, Dom. Sorry. Don't come looking for me. I don't need a wrench in my forehead. Whoa, Weezy, yeah. Well, since Justin Lin decided to take the Fast and the Furious completely off script in this entry and really just had fun with it, I thought maybe we would follow suit and completely change up our own style and format. It's hot here. This isn't going to be a super long episode, and it's hot in Seattle, by the way. In case you guys don't know where we're at, we're experiencing literally the hottest days. In the history of the pack Northwest, uh, like in its entire history, not just like oh, it's the hottest time in ten years. Like it's never been this hot before in recorded history. Wow, it sucks. We that. have no AC. So, but you're but you're part of history now,
0: Aaron. You can you could tell your grandkids and
1: I'd rather be cold than any okay. part of history. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Too but fair. yeah. Together. So we're going to we're gonna mix things up. We're going to not do a one more takeaway. We're not probably going to have connecting points. And we don't have notes. So this should be a fun little experiment because, you know, that's basically what the movie was like. But we are just going to find out what each other thought and discuss our reactions to what I can only say is maybe the best comedy of the year. Let's get after it. Patrick, yeah. I have yet to hear what you thought about the film. Now, I have told the listeners who heard us on our FF Plus episode, myself and Coles discuss this spoiler free. And so they know that I have said that I really enjoyed the movie, but I definitely acknowledged that it had, it was something else. And and, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot to nitpick about it if you're that kind of person. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, where did you fall in this? Like, where did you land? Obviously, we were both super hyped for this.
0: Yes, we were. And uh, I guess it's safe to say that this is spoiler country now. Since oh, we're not doing the one we're
1: away. but just <laughs> good point. Letting, letting the listeners know. <laughs> I mean, if you've seen the trailers, maybe that's the place to start if you've seen the trailers to this movie, folks, y- you know what the movie is. I, yeah. I mean it's pretty much all in there,
0: unfortunately yeah, yeah. it's it's formulaic for sure I, I i the short answer is I enjoyed it really I, I enjoyed it a lot. This is one of those movies that it, if not for a quiet place 2, this would have been a great first entry back into the theater. It's so big and bombastic. It's incredibly self-aware. It It's not to a point of being parody, which I'm glad because I don't want the Fast and Furious movies to be parodies at some point. I mean, this is hopefully going to the plane is going to land. The car is going to stop and the nitrous is going to be out and will eventually get to the finish line. So with all those analogies aside, I I really, really enjoyed this. I had so much fun with it. It was great. To be just in the theater, watching it, laughing uh, half the time at Roman and just seeing the reunion of all the old characters as much as you could, seeing these new characters come in. And, and ultimately, I came away thinking that was fine. It didn't have to be any more than that. I don't think I expect anything less from Justin Lin. Um, than what I got. You know, I think this had a Justin Lin touch on it. I mean, this is a Justin Lin movie, including what I call the obligatory hot girls around cars dancing. You know, you just, every Justin Lin movie is going to have at least one of those slow motion girls dancing around cars, having a good time. That is just complete fantasy land to most people, except for Dom and his crew. And so when, when I left the theater, I was kind of torn, honestly, because I was like, man, did I expect more? Did I feel like that was too funny? And I'll tell you, Aaron, this is how I felt about it. The closest way I can describe it is it was like watching Thor Ragnarok, like watching the film as a whole completely had me, but there was enough about it that I felt "Mm, this wasn't quite Hobbs and Shaw disconnect, but it felt a little bit like there were parts that were forced parts that were a little too bombastic particularly Lucas Black I, I I thought he was a little too silly for my taste and I think that in some ways what I enjoy about the series this idea of family there were times when it felt a little bit shoehorned like they gotta remind you this is about family yes that's for sure but when you have a little too much crazy a little too much humor that theme can kind of get lost in the shuffle. And I did feel that way leaving my movie experience, but it didn't take away my enjoyment of the film.
1: Oh, yes. So I think we had a very similar experience then, specifically with the laughter. And I think, you know, that's why I called it maybe the best comedy of the year. I wasn't expecting that. And that, for me, is what allowed me to kind of get through the parts of it that I feel let down from when it comes to my expectations because i'll be frank it's not the movie i wanted it's not the direction that i wanted the franchise to go and yet i fully understand why they decided to take this approach what i think is happening is when you look at fast one through seven and brian's death it is a perfect send-off for paul walker it is a it is the perfect frankly end to the franchise it is a beautiful place to leave it at the end of that movie and yet they decided to keep going and we both have had a lackluster reaction comparatively speaking to fate of the furious the eighth entry and to Hobbs and shaw the spinoff the thing that we both didn't love about fate was how completely bonkers and ridiculous it was but the difference in what we saw there and what we saw in f9 to me lies in the fact that they fully are aware of how silly it has become and how completely unrealistic things are now and so they're poking fun at themselves and they're acknowledging the only way for this to go forward and have any kind of chance to evolve and continue is to do it that way we joke about how they're superheroes and here we have roman like verbalize (laughs) meta to the screen like this whole little subplot of him thinking that they're invincible which is a, a joke because that's what everybody's been saying as fans of the series is like they have become superheroes and for me what happens in fate is that It's absolutely nonsense, but they play it straight, completely straight, and they want you to think it's realistic when there are submarines coming out of the ice and like Dodge Chargers outrunning drones in the Antarctic and such, and that's not realistic in the slightest. And so for me, I think that it's really all about that tone, and that is what allowed me to laugh frankly at it and laugh with them at themselves and and I think if they hadn't have had that angle to it if they would have done this storyline and tried to play it just as straight as if it was just a crazy spy movie with all this ridiculous stuff happening I wouldn't have enjoyed it at all Patrick I would have actually enjoyed it a lot less because there's quite a few things in here that I find to be even with the tone pretty subpar uh in in truth but do you think that that may be the reason that we're able to still like it because it's doing fairly well I mean it's it's gonna have a split audience I know but box office wise people are going to see it and I'm looking at reviews and there's plenty of people that are giving it very positive like hey I had fun laughing at this ridiculousness
0: yeah I think what we have is and we have to acknowledge the fact that we have a love for the franchise so we're already going to give it at least one thumb up out of two because of the fact that we love that now i agree f7 that or furious 7 that was probably the appropriate finality of the series and the giant leap to fate and i guess the choice to sort of stick with that world or that approach it's a harder pill to swallow because the fact is because the fact is, I enjoy the earlier films. I enjoy the more grounded street racing, the, t- the things that I initially fell in love with. But I also recognized that what re reignited the franchise for me was going global, was getting into more spy stuff and drug lords and things like that beyond just the streets of L.A. or the the low level type of things. I mean, we have heists all over each one of these. And interestingly enough, Too Fast Too Furious sort of hints at that early on like, oh, drug lord, cool. Maybe if he were, you know, in Brazil or some foreign country, this would this would fit. So when you watch Fast 9 and the self-awareness is there, I think it's appropriate, but I'm less inclined to see what 10 and 11 are going to do because as much as i sort of enjoyed the little wink to brian you know the celica pulling up to
1: the was it the, was it the celica i can't it's, remember what the car was. should have been a skyline i'm pretty sorry, sure it's probably, it's definitely probably,
0: oh, okay my, my bad sorry pretty sure yeah seeing it pull up you're like oh, okay cool and i also enjoyed the fact that they see that we see that the house is getting rebuilt because to, as we've mentioned on the show that's a supporting character the house is a staple of the family as much as i enjoyed that i also know that you can't do that in 10 and 11 you can't just keep nodding back to paul walker because you did that for sure perfectly in seven you did it okay in eight when you bring back mia you now start re-asking those questions wait brian's a babysitter really now you're starting to sort of stretch into the I don't know that I want to go that route, and I just I would rather, as much as I love Jordana Brewster, I'd rather not have a connection to Brian for my own take because the fact is Mia didn't have much of a role in the film for my take except for the fact that she was the sister of Dom, which meant, yeah, you're gonna start having to ask those questions, Why isn't Mia here since she was the sister of these two brothers, you know, and I just think that that's a risk you take when you introduce a mysterious third sibling you have to begin to kind of connect these characters and it just wasn't as strong as I wanted
1: well I wanted to talk about that so I wanted to talk about the family in general and and how they handled bringing people back and bringing everyone together because I really didn't like it for the most part and it's unfortunate. And I think ultimately what happened for me is I was able to enjoy this movie, but I laughed at it so much. I wasn't laughing because it was comedy so much as it was like, I can't believe what I'm watching laughter. And and, and I was leaning over looking at my son and at Cales, who was sitting next to me and we would just like shake our heads and the rest of the theater was kind of reacting in that same way. And what it led to is an enjoyable movie experience, but one that I can tell you right now, I have zero desire to ever watch this again. Like when I rewatch the series now, man, I feel like I'm going one through seven and and I'm just going to rewatch one through seven and then I'm going to call it a day. I still am going to be excited to see new entries. I still want to go find out what they do, but I, I don't feel like I have that tie to them like I, I did before. And part of it is because of the way that they brought people back. And so, Jordana Brewster being a great example, like you said, one of my biggest eye roll hard to stomach moments was that, was it, when she popped up in the hideout or whatever, I leaned over and I was like, told Tyler, I said, watch this, Brian's babysitting. And sure enough, they actually said that. And, and it, and it kind of annoyed me, like the audacity of the series to take my character of Brian who while Paul Walker is a human being Brian like belongs to the fans right he belongs to all of us and that's the series and its strength we love it because of the relationship between Dom and Brian and everything that has branched off of those two so to take that character who is so impactful and so important and to say he's allowing his wife to go into this super dangerous unknown crazy ridiculous situation while he babysits the kid like that is the most inconsistent decision to, to you ever could have possibly made <laughs> with ryan's character and so it's kind of dumb like it's really dumb and it's hard and i get it i get that they want to keep him alive in the memory and i i understand that and there's a look there's part of me that i feel that that's admirable right but, but at the but but at the expense, man, at the
0: expense of diminishing his legacy. That's my point. Yes, when I he think, showed
1: up in the skyline at the end, or his the skyline pulls up. Actually, again, I eye rolled. I was like, okay, we gotta let him go. Like, it's a yeah. <laughs> you guys, you he's not here. I, I understand right. you want to have this ghost as part of your crew now, but it, it's not gonna work. So anyway, right?
0: Well, I would almost say this, Aaron, I, and I don't know what I said on the show when we went through this last summer especially when we get to seven, do we kill him off? And I don't know that I I think I, I I have to go back and listen. If we asked that question and if we did what I said, if I said, no, don't leave him, leave him be. I'm almost inclined to change my perspective because, but how would you do that? How would you kill him off? Because the fact is, if you keep quote, bringing him back or alluding to him, you're just, you're not doing his character a service. First of all, if we're going to nitpick beyond that, I would say no way is he bringing his kids in a skyline driving like that. I mean, he is a responsible dad. And, and <laughs> Where's I mean, the minivan? <laughs> but, exactly. Like, bring up the minivan. But no. at some point, you're tarnishing someone's memory by continuing to go back to the well and said, yep, we love Brian. Yeah, we love Brian. Yes. yes, we all love Brian. And we said our goodbye to him in Fast 7 so or Furious 7. We don't
1: need to go back to that. Yeah, don't worry about getting the titles right. That's why I'm just saying f whatever yep. because they're yep. ridiculous. So, right. I I actually don't think we need to kill him off. I think we should have not had Jordana Brewster come back, and and I think that's what you need to do is if Absolutely. Brian, Mia, and Brian are not involved, and that that's what that's what happened in Furious Seven. That was the decision they made. They said right. you guys are gone, and so I think where this movie is able to be good enough. But also where it falters in a lot of ways is the fan service, right? Sure. I mean, t- the going to space, like so much in things that happen in this movie, being invincible superheroes, mm-hmm. bringing everybody back for cameos. Like I, that's all like everything people have talked about on Twitter and, and Reddit and message boards for the last few years. And it was like that's where they decided to write the story from is all these things that fans wanted. Let's put them in there and figure out how to tie them in. The other thing – and we'll go by – I want to go through the character, the other characters as well. But like for me, they're old. And while I have nothing wrong with aging action stars – in fact, Helen Mirren is – her part in this is incredible. And she's obviously the oldest of all of them. But she plays an old character. Exactly. <laughs> she was old to begin with when we exactly. introduced the character. Lucas Black. Mm-hmm. Sean Boswell is – he looks rough. I mean – Super rough. Well, no, I would agree and disagree. So here's what
0: I think. When I watched him and Twinkie together, I'm like, here's what COVID did. Someone gained the (laughs) COVID-15. Someone lost the COVID-15. Because you're right. He does. He looks older. He's thinner, for sure. Like, he's definitely not muscular. But I absolutely agree. I'm watching these characters, and with the exception of maybe Dom probably because he's up next to you know another powerhouse everybody else han uh now roman and tej i think they feel pretty i mean they 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 seem kind of immortal in mostly terms of, but you know and and ramsey because she, she's younger uh, she's younger i think the only person that feels appropriately aged looks wise is letty and i and i say that because one thing i was going to talk about tonight was the fact that what i love about the series is how they handled letty you know five six and set four five and six was kind of a letty arc and i really felt a mature letty in this film like i felt like what she was bringing to the table with that character her age felt appropriate where everybody else felt like you were reaching back into the previous entries but you weren't getting your young people you were like when they were brought when these cameos came in you're like oh they went to the old time you know, went to the old machine and they looked their age it just felt like a not a mature crew but kind of like a an old crew up almost like you have um i don't know like the uh i can't remember the expendables but not action stars it was like let's bring back as many it just they felt old they felt very aged.
1: But again, and that's the difference to me is like though that movie, that's a great example. Great, great example. Because in that film, the whole shtick is that they know they're old. They acknowledge it. And for the movie being as self-aware as it is uh, in all the other areas, it never really acknowledges the fact that not only are these people like acting superhuman, but like they don't even look like they should be anymore. And that's it's – a, it's a nitpick. But it's just it becomes increasingly harder to fantasize with the movie when your stars look like not at all capable. I mean, Dom even in this movie, Vin Diesel, doesn't look like he's moving in action scenes half the time. He looks like he's almost asleep when he's fighting. He It's very, very strange. And so I, I just I really am nervous about how we proceed because if this was a one-off and Lynn is going to dial it back somehow that'd be great but I don't foresee that happening yeah well and I think Lynn
0: knows what he's got and I think what I liked about the film were the flashback sequences and maybe you disagree but I really enjoyed seeing hints of the racing sequences again you know these this kind of origin story Because that was the biggest challenge, right? Is how do you create a brother that didn't exist for eight movies in a way that is somewhat plausible? And you know what? I'm willing to suspend my disbelief and not roll my eyes if you're going to do that. Because that's a far-fetched type of thing. How do you not mention that you have a brother in eight movies to the people that you love, to Brian? How does Mia not bring that up, right? And I think it was serviceable and for me my favorite parts, like drama wise, were seeing the young Dom. I, I thought I liked the actor a lot. I thought he kinda had he had the Dom mannerisms. And even the young Jacob, I think this dynamic could work. These little throwbacks you saw, you know, Dom with his crew, a young crew, a young letty. Um and I I think that Justin Lin hopefully is recognizing, look, <laughs> these guys don't look believable as action stars as a full crew on screen. Now, if, if we're looking back at this whole series after it's all done, I think one of the suggestions from the quarterback chair, from the armchair quarterback, is what about after seven, we essentially reinvent the crew? Dom is still the godfather, but there are these young people like Ramsey coming in that are sort of replacing. And so you have this sort of grand crew. You have like the, not necessarily the sons and daughters of these characters, but you have new entries that are sort of carrying on this family legacy, friends that, whatever, we get introduced to. That's an easier sell than to bring in a a brother that apparently existed that had such trauma for a guy that he ended up going to prison for, that kind of thing. So I, I think that, there's a recognition of the fact that we've got to find some young blood in some way, shape, or form, and at the same time keep some of the the core team. So I would say keep Dom, keep Tej, keep Ramsey, keep Letty. You know, go back to the Fate crew. I, as much as I like, as much as I like Lucas Black, don't bring him back. Don't bring back Twinkie, because to me it feels that felt overly comical it felt like you're just kind of throwing these characters in because you know what we need to bring everybody back and i i think if you're going to dial it back dial it back to the people that are probably going to carry the film from a dramatic standpoint to keep that family aspect going
1: yeah i mean i would too i don't think it matters what we think i don't think we're going to get that i think they're going to continue to blow it up 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 until it until it bursts which theoretically is we're building to the end right and then there's supposedly going to be these spinoff films which would be smaller scale cast wise more like a Hobbs and shaw which let's see i mean again i was very hyped for an all-female mia letty and ramsey yeah. movie back in the day but that was five six years ago when we heard about it like right now i'm not as excited about that at this point and you know i When we so I want to touch on the past and then we'll come back and we'll talk about Han and there's nothing more to say for me about Sean and Twinkie I I did not feel that they belong I would have loved to seen them so I, I, I didn't mind having them make a cameo I didn't like the cameo that they had yeah. Because for me, it feels completely out of left field for the characters. Like, why in the world would Sean Boswell be working on a rocket-propelled car? And his, he's a very, he's not a comedic character. Like, in the slightest. He's really not that funny. You know what I mean? Like, that's, his humor is that he's a dumb country bumpkin in Japan. Not trying to be funny. And working with, like, a mad scientist. It just, it was, that whole crew was super awkward for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And of course, you know, it's the fact that you realize, Oh, this is a setup for this other thing later that seems really ridiculous. It feels a little bit like a cheat. It like, does. Like, and it's a, it's a waste of characters. So for my money, I liked Sean's cameo in fate when, or is it, I guess it's seven. I can't remember which one it is, but it's when he's talking to Dom on the, you know, looking out over, over that's it's subtle that's a that's a that's a sean that i know this feels like hey let's bring you in and let's get you just acting nuts no don't he's not that way he's he's fun where's dk did he just give who's the new dk apparently because you're not right and I, i don't i don't know where where that went and so it i think i can believe that we're not racing cars in the streets anymore because of the movies that have come before us but that to me feels like left field and the fact that you're incorporating it because you want to bring that fan service idea to the big screen just feels really stupid
1: yeah exactly it's just it's all about like being true to the characters like with brian like where would these characters legitimately be right now in their lives i don't think somewhere in europe working on rocket propelled the arrows is where sean boswell would be like nothing in his history that we know of him would would tell you that and why twinkie would be with him is another completely just out of left field bonkers there's no reason for that at all that those characters would still be together in that way 20 years later when you were talking about the past i have a very mixed feeling about this so with regards to the story i am with you 100 percent i actually love the integration and the way that they handled Jacob and I actually didn't mind John Cena hardly at all like I thought that was really well done I was in fact I was shocked of all the things I expected to be terrible I expected that not to be good I thought when we found out Jacob was going to be Dom's brother or whatever I thought there's no way you can make this work so I liked the fact that they wanted to go back and kind of explore some of the past and how we got here and I liked that it had twists and turns about it that the reason that you know Dom thinks that he is treating Jacob a certain way and and what Jacob their perspectives are different and so there's miscommunication that leads to these years of frustration that of course is going to allow for an eventual reunion which is what this series does is it takes somebody it makes them a villain and then it redeems them and makes them part of the team over and over and over Unless they're cipher, and so I really liked it. I thought that that narrative through line was good. I guess I liked Vinny Bennett as younger Dom. I, I liked him in the, w- <laughs> I liked him in the way that he looks and he tries to be Dom. I actually, to be honest, I thought that he and the other guy, Finn Cole, I think it is, who played young Jacob, were so absolutely pushed to the limit to try and be like looking like those characters and talking like those characters that it took me out of it a bit i also think that whatever the cgi that they're using during those scenes a lot of it it just doesn't work for me the race the race scenes especially patrick i don't know how a movie with a 200 million dollar budget or whatever it is to do all of these effects Mm -hmm. can look this bad with the effects when that car explodes When Dom's dad's car goes into the the wall and bursts into flames or whatever and disintegrates essentially like into this. it looks absolutely like out of a student film. It is terrible. And Mm. I did not understand that for me. Like I just I wanted better graphical integration of the effects in that moment. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of pulled me out of it. I do like I don't know if this was on purpose. I think it's hilarious because we have been, we've had a Days of Thunder episode. Uh, right? You were going to go there. <laughs> Prepped, and we've been waiting to do it. We keep delaying it for various different reasons. That'll be coming up soon. And then here we are with Rowdy as a character on a racetrack. It was, it yeah. was just, I think it had to be on purpose. I can't fathom. Well, his, name, his name's Buddy. His Buddy name's Bruderton. Buddy. Yes,
0: I know. I, <laughs> I think it's a tribute. I think it's a callback. I really do.
1: And so I, I liked that. I, I thought that was cute and fun and not too forced, right? Mm-hmm. But yet he's still kind of that grizzledy character that Rowdy is in Days of Thunder. You could believe that this was like the same guy in a lot yeah. of ways, which makes the, the Sean Boswell stuff even weirder. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I liked the narrative. I just didn't like all of the different flashback scenes. I think they did a little too much flashing back personally, mm. but overall, I thought it was pretty well integrated. And Yeah. Over, yeah, I, I dug it. it.
0: Well, and I'll say this. I think what, what kept me going uh, drama-wise, because I said this on the Retro Rewind podcast about X2. We covered it uh, recently. What I appreciate about a good action movie is when you have legitimate moments of slowdown and pauses. And I thought that Justin Lin who knows this franchise as well as he does, is able to do that. I think that was a strength of all of his movies. And I still think that's a strength of this one. Because the moment that we have with Dom and with Buddy in the garage, I thought was pretty great. I think the moment that we have with Letty and Dom near the beginning of the movie when she chooses to to take off. These quiet moments are really good. And I think that Lynn understands the characters enough to say that we're not just going to keep them moving forward and forward and forward. I'd like to see, I I would like to have seen more acknowledgement of the fact that they are older. That they, they wouldn't make fun of the fact that they're old as far as action stars. But they would recognize, you know, maybe in small comments, I'm too old for this. Or, you know what, this isn't like the 90s or something like that or the early 2000s. But even in those quiet moments with Letty and Dom, I would like to have seen them elevate that conflict between the two of them in wanting to do we go or do we stay? Because we've decided that that life for us is is no more. And they kind of hinted at that with Letty and with um who was Uh, with with uh, with Mia in Tokyo when they're having the conversation about getting back into it. And Letty makes the comment, "Look, I, I guess I miss it." I miss doing this. I miss being a part of the the fast action. And so I think that that was good. I would like to have kind of seen those things play out more. Less action, more balanced drama and action. Because I felt like those had legs to really catapult the story forward and, and tie these things in. I think one of the problems, though, is you've got all these characters that you're giving time to and now you're trying to figure out how do we thread them together? What's their, you know, to, to be an, you know, acting cliche, what's their motivation? Why are they there? Because that's part of what I was asking about. Why are these characters doing what they're doing? I mean, I'm kind of with Dom. I'm like, why are you guys doing this? Why are you coming out here? And Mr. Nobody who <laughs> really is only in flashbacks. That's not enough to compel me to think that, Dom and Letty with the son are going to leave what they have and go. And in some ways it felt like a rehashing of some of the earlier films in terms of those storylines, a threat threatens your family. So you've got to go. It's all about family that I felt a little cheated there too, because I was like, it didn't feel fresh. You can tell the same story again from some other time, but it did not feel like it didn't feel fresh to me. It felt like we've already asked this question and answered it.
1: Oh, the last three or four movies—they've literally stolen a device that is going to be a threat to the world in the hands of a villain. Like that right. is literally what they've done, and they've stopped it multiple times in a row. It's been the exact same yeah. plot, It's just a different name of the device, which yeah. is beyond lazy. And and I I guess maybe an in joke. I don't know, but I, I do wish that that would evolve somehow, like something different. I, I wanted more of a unique plot for them to you know be driving like you said the action to why the characters are coming together what they're trying to solve and accomplish like you can have it be jacob as the villain but why does he have to just be out there stealing another thing that you just just exactly like god's eye like it's the same darn thing essentially and that was kind of eh what did you think about them going to space so roman has a pretty bigger pretty bigger that's not a correct English but he has a much bigger role I think in this than he does in previous films it feels like he has some real solid action scenes and a lot of dialogue and I enjoy that because I think he's the unheralded just MVP in some ways of this crew I think he his humor is so critical to the earlier movies and I really like everything about his writing and so it's funny that he spends most of this film kind of joking about how they're invincible and they can't be touched. But ultimately it all boils down to it's a driving forward to get them to go to space because we all wanted that. So how did that play for you? Did it feel satisfying?
0: I think if the next entry is going to be anything, it should be fast and ridiculous instead of fast and furious. Because when you go to space in a car, and what you do is ram into a satellite to destroy it, it's funny, but I think that is a full jumping the shark ridiculous. It's fun to watch, but it also sort of puts an exclamation point on the fact that, yep, we can't go back now. Street racing's done. The idea of close knit conflict that's kind of done. And I think while that's a nice wish list item, I think at this point, Aaron, you better bring in Jurassic Park. You better bring in, or I'm not Jurassic Park, but Transformers. You better do it because you now basically said anything is possible. Okay, why don't we just keep it going? And this is where I get. Frustrated with milking the cow way too much is that you're now just saying, All right, let's just cheapen plot devices, let's cheapen characters for the sake of paying fan service to the folks. And like you, it forces me to say, All right, I will go ahead and just call Fast and Furious Canon one through seven, and everything after that is just sort of fan service. And I can value it but to use a common phrase those aren't my characters anymore and they're fun to watch i laugh out loud but just like thor ragnarok i'll choose to acknowledge characters and story it just feels like a long snl sketch to me and i don't like that i think just call it fast and ridiculous at this point because that's what it is and (laughs) as someone who really champions the idea of not to use the phrase guilty pleasure. I don't want to have to justify my appreciation for this franchise by saying, ignore everything after seven, because it's
1: ridiculous
0: (laughs) when there are things in, in in the first seven that are kind of off the wall bonkers. But to me, the more you go like this, the less inclined I am to feel like anything after seven is even remotely connected To, uh, to the story, to the characters, to the things that you and I both have fallen in love with about this universe.
1: Yep. I think anything that goes on long enough, this happens, period. I think that is pretty much a fact. I I can, if you have a franchise, the, there will be a point that it will run out of fuel and you will have Essentially, somewhat damaged the greatness of its overall legacy, and I think it'll happen with the MCU eventually because they're gonna have some duds. They're gonna have some stuff that's eventually they're just gonna run out. It's a little bit different because it's so broad, but in a series format like this, it of, of one type of film, one one cast of characters that goes on and on. Right. Eventually, yeah, this is gonna happen, and so I actually. I'd be fine with the Jurassic Park thing. I actually the, – the Jurassic Park –
0: Yeah, I mean Ju- Transformers, not Jurassic Park. But, no, no. Jurassic
1: just, Park is what it is. It's Jurassic Park that's okay. universal and rumored. The oh, that's trans, right. Sorry. The yeah. Transformers thing I tweeted out because that's I saw somebody – I would love Transformers. They would, There was a joke. Somebody was like, what well, would be awesome is if they cross over with Transformers and realize the cars they've been driving all this time are actually Transformers. Okay, oh, that's so – I'm that. here for that. Like I am I at, 100% here for Dom going up against um why can't i think of his name not optimus crime uh what's I'm the decepticon who's the decepticon leader i'm gonna let you struggle with it for a second no help me <laughs> it's not shredder that's the turtle <laughs> guy see now i've lost it got oh they made a stupid before. turtle joke in this movie megatron. too it's megatron. It's megatron. they made megatron they made a turtle joke they're were like we're in a sewer I, I hope no teenage ninja turtles come out anyway yes megatron dom versus megatron i mean come on like i I would see that i would i would would see that. and it would be in, in a way to me it would be better like you're saying than just another 10 that tries to up the ante again because you've run out of things to do for them to really up much of the ante at this point so yes cross it over with jurassic park whatever i don't care do something really just nuts or just let it go but they're not gonna So hopefully it's it's a
0: full embrace. And I think that's with anything. If you're going to go, go all in or don't go at all, because if it's mediocre, it just looks bad in terms of execution, in terms of ideas. And I think that some film series are like that. Like I'm lately I've been revisiting the Jurassic world, like the Jurassic franchise. I watched uh, the original and then I watched the Lost World which surprisingly was more enjoyable this time around than when I originally saw it because I watched it in sort of a bigger frame of mind of like the Jurassic World universe in you know thinking about Camp Cretaceous and how all these things are kind of tying together. I can appreciate that more. But at the same time, I also have to recognize that when you have Fallen Kingdom in this world and what it's trying to do, I'm almost going to expect, okay, Dominion's going to be pretty insane now that we have dinosaurs that are (laughs) off an island living among us and whatever. And I think with the the Furious franchise, when you go to space, you've pretty much laid all your cards on the table and saying, however we can get bigger, however we can get more insane, we're going to do that. I'm not optimistic about the 10th and our 11th entry, even if they're being filmed back to back. I'm hoping that writing wise, it's a long narrative. like It's a part one of two, as opposed to just let's put these characters together, make the audience laugh, have some pretty amazing set pieces, rinse, repeat. And then at the end of the series, say we're still family and everybody holds up a Corona. I hope that's not what happens. I hope it's a genuine finishing off of this family and characters in a way that makes sense.
1: Can but raptors drink? they might be know. able to. Are they are they can they legally drink? Are they older? <laughs> I'm with you. At,
0: at some point I want somebody to say uh uh uh, you didn't use the magic car. Uh 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 <laughs>
1: It's funny though, because Jurassic Park is the perfect example of what I was just saying as well. Like where mm-hmm. you you take a really cool idea and eventually it's gonna go stale. You're gonna have some stinkers. And mm-hmm. and it's in the same boat with the last entry we did not enjoy because they did the exact same thing. They kind of evolved into <laughs> evolved evolved into a series that was so ridiculous. That we, that they tried to take so serious and that tone didn't work. You've got to flip that on its head. And so if they go this route and somehow can connect these two in a way that keeps this tone, it could be fun. Right. Still won't love it near as much as the original Jurassic Park's or the original Fast and Furious's. But uh, for me, for me, Spaceman was a complete letdown. And overall, there is a moment, I will be honest, there is a moment where everything stops they're floating when they first hit space and i was yeah. like they did it but everything about getting there was so stupid that i couldn't enjoy it very much mm-hmm. and it, everything about how they got home was so stupid and just ridiculous that it just meant it, to me it undercuts the meaning and the purpose of it right. i wanted them to go to space but i wanted it to matter and it They basically just kind of teleported them to space and then teleported back Mm -hmm. and nothing ever changes. And so it's like, so for me, it was mostly unsatisfying overall as was the return of Han. And so for something that again, fan service is can be the death of your, your property because you're not writing what should happen next in your story. You're forcing things into your story because the fans want to see it. And would I have loved a well-integrated, understandable, logical way for Han to come back and be part of this franchise? You better believe I would. But part of the issue I have with Han coming back, Patrick, revolves around, again, the storytelling. And that is not the craziness that he's now a sniper, which, whatever. I can believe he's had some time off. Maybe he learned to shoot really well. But the way we learn that he faked his death, supposedly, again, retroactively makes no sense when you are watching that scene in context and understanding what has happened. It makes no sense logically how he could have even accomplished such a thing. He wouldn't have known he was being chased by Deckard Shaw. So he couldn't have had a plan to fake his death, right? And essentially, what you want me to believe is that Han, who was at the time in Tokyo Drift, worried about Sean Boswell, who was in deep with the mafia, the Yakuza, and whose lives were endangered, these teenagers. Han, who the entire film was a mentor and caring about these kids, trying to look out for them. You're telling me he would have just faked his death and left them to deal with this on his own? with their, On their own? That's not Han. That is not Han. You cannot convince me that is Han. That is a, again, just like a Brian, it is a misrepresentation of the character you have created. And I'm a little hurt that Justin Lin did this in multiple ways because I really thought he wouldn't betray them like that. But for me, it is. It's like you want me... So I have to cut this off, like all of these reasons I can enjoy watching it once, but like I have to make that break and be like, nothing after this point matters to me, whatever the, whatever he decided with those characters, that's not canon to me, you know what I mean? Like in my head, yeah. because it it just totally changes fundamentally who Han was in that movie. If I go back and rewatch it with that context and I don't want to ever do that.
0: And it also, Aaron, what frustrates me is two, th- two things, well, three things, to everything that you just said. Secondly, it was a difficult explanation for me to get my head around. I was having a hard time following what actually happened because the visual was weird. You had Deckard Shaw walk across a car and then Han disappears. I'm like, wait, what just happened? I, dude, Did I you, don't know. He teleported again. <laughs> but, but the other thing is that you have a retcon on top of a retcon. So, Furious 6, F6, which, whichever one we get the reveal that, that, uh, Shaw was the one that killed Han, makes better sense. You could tell it was retcon. Okay. But that moment was something that Han could not prevent. So, and, and I think it actually worked better because when you see in Tokyo Drift Han get killed and then the the car explodes it feels a little meaningless right he just gets into a car accident and you find out later oh my gosh Deckard Shaw's the one that did that that makes sense but now you've got this retcon on top of a retcon at some point you got to stop and i would say stop after the first one don't try to retcon it again don't try to provide another explanation just to bring a character back because in the same way that we keep getting little nods to Brian that we shouldn't because his legacy stopped or should have stopped after seven, Han's death now doesn't matter because he didn't die. Justice for Han, he got justice. Deckard Shaw, if he didn't get killed, there was redemption for him. Maybe that's why people didn't like the justice for Han because the guy that killed him didn't die himself. But this feels worse. This is injustice for Han. By bringing him back. Because when I look at this plot device. Which is as you mentioned. A repeating thing. The thing that. You're trying to get. That's going to destroy the world. Honestly Aaron. You didn't need him. This girl could have been brought. Into the world of Fast and the Furious. Any other way. You didn't. I didn't care that Han took care of her I because we don't ever see him taking care of her. The last we saw was him losing his woman and then taking care of Lucas Black and his crew and then dying at the hands of Deckard Shaw. That's a noble death. It really is. Even if you've kind of this, even if it's hard to imagine to put, tokyo drift later in the series you kind of force yourself to do that for the sake of the story it makes more sense and it matters more and it gives more significance to han as a character by bringing him back all you're doing is saying we want to see han on the big screen again you've done that once you liked him in tokyo drift and you brought him back and you retconned him appropriately that's an appropriate retcon if you're a purist, you don't ever want to see anything retcom. And in that case, then, you know, Spider-Man and Mary Jane get married more than once and all these things happen. Yep. But this, this to me, I think, was a disservice not just to one character, but two.
1: It, it was. And it, it is such a beautiful moment of connection to that character's arc when the character's dead. Like, the knowing what it meant for him and Giselle right in their entire history it's so much more powerful storytelling and then to try and undo that you're trading it for a hit of instant excitement that fades in a a moment so it's almost like the lasting effects of a drug that are wrecking your body but you Mm -hmm. love it because in that moment you get one really really good high but you don't care about the long-term effects right yeah because i'll tell you i cheered i damn near jumped out of my seat when i saw the toyota supra because i love that car it's one of my absolute favorite cars in the entire series is hans orange toyota supra and so when he drives that thing up and like everything else in this whole movie it's magnetized i was like oh my god i was freaking out right but that passed in like three or four minutes of movie time right there is nothing lasting about that
0: comparative
1: to my relationship to the character and the emotional reaction to his arc and his death
0: right and it's diminished even more if you've already seen the trailer i mean at some point if you've seen the trailer and you see oh he comes back now all you're doing is just waiting all right when's he coming back When's he coming back? And so he, when he walks in and he gets hugged by everybody, it's like, eh. And then you have what I think is probably one of the funnier scenes unintentionally in the movie is when he's explaining his death, when he's explaining his resurrection. And you see Terry Gibson, you see him going, yeah, I don't get this. And I'm like, I'm with you, dude. I don't get it either. Um, Maybe we shouldn't have done this. Maybe we should just let let him go. You know, because this is, again, from from a plot driving standpoint, I don't think he was necessary. I think he was fun to watch on screen. But to your point earlier, he's not the young Han that we know. He's not the suave, chip eating guy. He just looks like he's getting on up there. And I'm like, "Eh, I don't think I really want this. Han. I want my young Han who yep. can eat chips with the best of them and look cool doing it.
1: Right. Yeah, I I do too. And I, so <laughs> a, lot, a lot of issues with it that I came out of. I, I mean, again, I enjoyed it overall. I had fun. There were enough moments where I was like, ah, Cypher got him. Like, you could feel that coming and it was exciting and for her, like, when the reveal happens that she's flying in a drone, That was cool but also the trailers do spoil everything and I I don't understand the fascination with this specifically this franchise but Hollywood in general man so unfortunately I stopped watching a lot of trailers uh, this year that actually is a fortunately unfortunately I had seen most of the f9 trailers leading up to this but every single big action scene in moment is somewhat in those trailers the, the jump off the car off the bridge with it hooked to the gorilla car, that's in the trailer. The Jacob's car getting picked up by the plane in the trailer. The magnetized big truck that's driving around that pulls cars through building, in the trailer. The big transport unit getting flipped up on its head and knocked over, in the trailer. Tyrese getting a thing landing on him and then stepping out to show that he didn't actually die, in the trailer. Like, what's the point? What is the point? Because if all you have is those fun big moments and everything in between is just a nonsense story arc, then it doesn't work. Where that can actually succeed is if what you're not showing in between is some strong narrative and character stuff that then makes that stuff feel or be different right, within the context of the movie. That's not what happened here, and and I just – I will not watch another Fast, Furious trailer, period. Like, I'm just done. I will avoid them like the plague because I don't – I would have much rather – I would have had an even higher positive experience had I not known any of that stuff was coming. And, of course, the Han stuff would have been spoiled for me by the internet, I'm sure, and that was just, to me, egregious. Like, why do you keep (laughs) Luca's Blacks and Twinkies appearance – hidden but yet you tell us and show us Han in the trailer it's just it's 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 a bad choice so yeah anyway I had fun but I did too yeah I, I think
0: <laughs> the set pieces are top notch they're on point and regardless of whether you saw them in the trailers or in the theater or both I think that the fun aspect of playing with what if this happened it's a it's a fun thing to think that you can control an electromagnet in order to push things away and pull them together. I think that that's a lot of fun. And visually it's a it's a ton of fun to look at. So if you're talking about The Fast and the Furious as a fun-looking franchise, this is great. This would be a great ride at Universal. This would be a great video game to play because these are the things that would appear in a video game. You can take out the realism and say, "Oh, cool. One of the bonuses that I picked up from winning the street race was an electromagnet that I can then manipulate things back and forth. And I, what I was disappointed with is that they weren't really aha moments. They were like, ah, cool moments. And like you, I walked away saying that was a fun experience. And if I ever want to go back to the, what I would call the real fast and furious, I'm going to hit up, episodes one through seven and enjoy those in their entirety and then hopefully you know if 10 and 11 are going to be a lot like nine then all right cool we'll probably not have this on the on the slate to you know talk about on the show but i'll definitely enjoy as a theater experience when they come out
1: yeah we'll have to play those by ear and see what they do with them before we make them worthy (laughs) of i mean if we're going to get
0: some dinosaurs then maybe Maybe that's we're, true we're covering it maybe we're that's true it.
1: <laughs> i guess i guess maybe we'll find out if that thing is actually real probably at the end of dominion next year i would assume maybe that's yeah. when they would like some, some sort of teaser in there yeah. at the end of that that we, i don't know speaking of which i got my tickets
0: to i try to keep my movie experience as economic as possible and uh, i had originally had what's that
1: Oh, I, the IMAX had a preview of Dominion.
0: Yeah, and and I realized that um, I had to change my schedule around because um, there was a, a last minute thing that I was doing, and so I ended up switching from the what was called the the Regal Premiere Experience, which I don't know if that's the same as IMAX, which I know it's not in terms of screen size, but I would wonder if they if they were going to show the Dominion trailer in an R P X screening. But I didn't. I ended up seeing like the 2D experience. And by the way. I think it was a film that I watched, not digital. Like I, because there was some crackling, there was some. It was weird. I don't know if it was just the theater that I was in, but it's the dun dun dun. You know, the whole Universal logo looked a little green. I was like, "Am I watching film instead of digital? Have I jumped back to 1992?"
1: I hope not. Justin Lin's bringing everything back for this. Exactly. (laughs) Everything.
0: everything he's bringing the grainy screens back too okay
1: well that's fine justin <laughs> surprise somebody didn't <laughs> steal a vcr or a dvd player sorry little, little vaja wrong okay. era that's all right. yeah
0: we can go back as far as we need to all right well that's going to do it for this episode of feeling film we hope you've enjoyed the conversation and whether or not you agree or disagree with us at least uh we know that uh you saw the movie and you have your own opinion. If you want to share that opinion, you can obviously hit us up on social media or in our ever-growing Facebook group. We're always looking to hear differentiating opinions. Differentiating? They're differentiating. That's the word. So, you know, share your thoughts there. And uh, in the meantime, enjoy the movies that you watch. They're your experiences and nobody should be able to tell you different. All right. Thanks for the great conversation, Aaron. We'll
1: talk soon. If you'd like to continue the conversation with me, you can follow the show on Twitter at FeelinFilm or connect with me in the Facebook group. I'm very active in both places and would love to chat.
0: And if you want to connect with me, you can find me at Shoeless Patch on both Facebook and Twitter. Be sure to tag me in any comments so that I'll be notified and not miss you.
1: Once again, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Until then, stay positive.
0: And keep feelin film.